Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye-opening and jaw-dropping dialogue that has people talking. Hello, everyone. We are back with part two with Nyla Faraz, my interview with the High Pimpstress. This was seriously one of my favorite interviews. So if you didn't listen to part one, you need to pause this one and go back to part one because it's just too good to miss. Then come back and resume listening to part two. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here we go. There was another class that I did with Nyla that I loved your lap dance class. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, it's so interesting because every little movement, when you do it, when you explain it, when you take your time with it, is so seductive. It's really interesting to see. And I think, you know, it's funny because I was thinking before having you on here, I was thinking, okay, so why did I want to take that kind of class, the the pole dancing? You know, because I don't really have a negative, you know, opinion of myself. Uh I feel confident. I'm okay. But I'll tell you, it's interesting. It hit me like a ton of bricks when I realized it, which was, you know, how many years ago now? 20 some years ago, I was married to my first husband, the dad of my kids. um, And he cheated on me with a stripper, a relationship Mm -hmm. that went on. I didn't know about it, obviously, at first, but I think, and at that time, I was young. I was in my 20s and so naive and so not, you know, comfortable with myself even sexually yet. So at that point, I think it just, it kind of mortified me, like, oh my God, how embarrassing. And that took the biggest toll on my sexualities, that self-esteem related to that. So I think for me, it kind of gave me some closure. You know, it was like, well, screw yeah. that, you know, because yeah. when I thought of her, I would think of her as all that sexiness. And then clearly I wasn't. So it was right. kind of a, yeah, it is healing in that, in that way. So just a little side note that I didn't share in class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, your, your, your story, I hear that so often. Do you? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear it a lot. And I, and I, and I think a lot of women that have that situation where they're, partners did cheat on them with someone who is a sex worker. Right, right. Right. So even though we are strippers, there's a reason we're not escorts. Right. We're strippers because we don't want to have sex for money. We're strippers. Right. Otherwise exactly. we'd be an escort and we'd make way more money. But anyway, people who get cheated on with somebody, and I too have been cheated on. I've had two serious relationships and both of those relationships, those men that I loved mm-hmm. and was with for years, they both got hookers pregnant behind my back. Oh, dear God. Really? Yeah. So, wow. so I am not immune to it yeah. just because yeah. I'm the high pimpstress and I'm sexy on a pole. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is so, it is so, but what the pole does for women is it gives them an opportunity to kind of, you, you could not face the stripper 
that he cheated on you with necessarily. Right. But what you could do is you could step into a role that gave you an understanding of what it's like to be that woman. And you idealize that woman because you don't know what her flaws and her her right. her fault her faults are. Yeah. Because I can guarantee you he's not with that bitch now. No, no, he's not. And and we've been no, divorced for twenty years. Not. But yeah, not at all. Yeah. But, and I never so met her. She, like I never actually Right. And I was you know, too timid to go up to her face and go like, F you, what the hell, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah. Right. And, and to be really honest with you, the, the reality of the situation probably was that he lied to her and told him that he was getting a divorce or separated mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't, he wasn't forthright with her either. Right. No, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. So and now it is possible that she could have just been like, I don't care, whatever. It's not my job to babysit her husband. Let's fuck. You know, I, I don't know. There are some women there. There's your neighbor could be that exact scandalous. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, but what I know that is when women who have had men who have cheated on them with other women in the industry, mm-hmm. I, they come in wanting to at least understand or try to harness and embody what they think took their man from them. Right. Right. I, I, I think you're so right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not understanding that the man just had no character. Exactly. It, well, it took me he was dis- years of therapy yeah, to realize he, that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was dishonorable mm-hmm. and he had no character. Mm-hmm. There was nothing you could have done. I mean, you, I, I tell this to people all the time, like, you show me a gorgeous woman and I'll show you a man that's tired of fucking her. Okay, you know what? My, when I met my husband, um, yeah, he said that to me as well. And I was like, wow. I, we had a conversation about something and he said that exact line. That has stuck yeah. with me. Yeah, it's true though. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, you've got people like Halle Berry being cheated on. Yep. Beyonce is being cheated on. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant was cheating on his wife yeah. and she was stunning. Like. These men cheat because they have no character Mm -hmm. and they're dishonorable. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The women, it it isn't about, like, our looks spare us nothing. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. No, it's true. I think it, and I I think it has nothing to do with us in so many respects. Like, I know with my ex-husband, he had a whole lot of crap that he was trying to figure out for himself and... Mm-hmm. Thank God. I'm now I'm like, thank God you cheated because my life is a million times better. And right, I found right. such an honorable man that I've been with for the last 12, almost right. 13 years. But yeah, it is. Uh, so let's let's let me ask you this then, just in terms of femininity and sensuality and kind of what's happening with our society right now with kind of, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, we're going to go there. So, um, (laughs) you know, what is, what's happening with genders, et cetera, what's your, and what is your take on sensuality and, and its place or not, or is everybody sensual and has it in them or not? Go for it. Yes, I think so. Okay. I think so. So sensuality, sensual means of the senses, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So sensual does not have to mean sexual. Right. You can have a sensual experience. And if you've ever had really good chocolate, you have had a (laughs) sensual experience. Yep. (laughs) And you can have a sensual experience without having a sexual experience. So they're not mutually exclusive necessarily, Mm -hmm. but when we're talking about femininity. So definitions are being changed all over the place right now for nefarious reasons, I believe. And um, when you start changing definitions to suit a narrative or an agenda, then you're going to have 
to have conversations that are entirely different to what you're asking me, which is femininity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go off what the traditional yes. definition yes. of femininity is. Exactly. And the traditional de- definition of femininity is things that are uh, attributed to women or girls or having characteristics that are traditionally thought to be typical of or suitable for women. Now, feminine energy is different than femininity. And everything has a duality because we live in a world of duality. So you cannot have dark without having light. You cannot have cold without having hot. You cannot have up without having down. You cannot have masculine without also possessing feminine. Yeah. So in our energy fields, and this is a scientific thing, um, you have a masculine and you have a feminine energy. And those two energies are dependent on each other for duality. Right, right, right. And this is where we get the term yin and yang from. Yin is the feminine, yang is the masculine. Mm-hmm. In our bodies, it is uh, represented on the right and the left, Right. So I can't know right if I don't understand left, left, right? My right side of the body is going to be where my masculine energy tends to be directed. My left is going to be my feminine. So typically, if we have a problem on the right side, it usually represents uh, a a, a stick in your vibrational... Okay, okay health right. mm-hmm. with regards to masculine energy or men or the father or brothers or uncles or hmm. bosses, anything that represents the masculine energy in your life. Typically, like for me, um, my dad was my best friend, but that doesn't mean that my dad didn't do like some things that were like really disappointing and yell at me yeah, and, you know, scold me when I brought home an a, a B and was like, why is not an A? And where are you going dressed like that? You look like a slut. Like yeah. not realizing like my dad thinks he's trying to protect me and he is, he's being a good father. He's trying to let me know, like, you can't go walk the streets looking like that. You're 16, put a longer skirt on. Right. But what I'm hearing in my mind is I look like a slut. My father's slut shaming me. Right. So I take that into, you know, my right side and now I've got wrist issues. So that's just a quick example of what I mean, how our energy, and I do believe that all of our ailments and our diseases are psychosomatic. They are manifested based on the beliefs that we hold. Right. I do. I do agree with you. Yeah. I think our brain is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So then your left side is going to be your feminine. So if you have issues on your feminine, you may have unresolved issues with your mother. Mm -hmm. Your mother may have died before you were old enough to know her. You may have issues with other women in your life. So it could represent all that is going on, or it could represent that you are more dominant in your masculine and you're less connected to your feminine. So your weaker side might be your left side. So there's several different explanations for why your right and your left Mm -hmm. are your masculine and your feminine. So now when we're talking about, um, the elements, because we're talking about a world of duality, right? So we yeah. have four elements. We have earth, air, fire, and water. And those also are masculine or feminine. And they have to be in balance or what happens? Natural disasters. Interesting. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So earth and um, uh, water are feminine elements. So air and fire are going to be masculine elements, right? Mm-hmm. And again, if we don't have a balance of these elements on the planets – 
And we're not talking gender specific. We're talking energy specific. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference. So in these energies, when they get out of balance, you have things like tsunamis. Mm -hmm. You have things like volcanoes. You have things, you know, and so it takes one to balance out the other. So for example, if, um, let's say the tsunami example. That's earth or that's water. So that's going to be feminine. So you got tsunamis, you got hurricanes, and that's a combination of air and water. water. So that's a combination of masculine feminine. So what's, what's it going to take to stop the tsunami? It's going to take earth, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a balance of water and earth, which are both feminine elements. So now when they're balanced that way, they kind of cancel each other out. The tsunami is stopped by the the cliffs right, of the, right. the land, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So you can balance that. And also, if you have a fire going, what puts out fire? Right, water. Water. Mm-hmm. So you have a masculine element that is going out of control and the water will balance it. It will neutralize it. So now when we're looking at relationships, if a relationship does not have a balance of masculine and feminine, the polarity is thrown off and you are going to have chaos, And disharmony in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for women, you know, in our, it depends on how much you want me to really go into this because I don't want your podcast to get canceled when I say what I No, it's okay. We're putting the explicit little thing on it. So we're good. (laughs) And I I bet people will listen more because of it. So go ahead. (laughs) So when it comes to uh, what's going on right now, Mm, if we mm -hmm. look back over time, the traditional roles, the traditional feminine role was for a woman to stay at home, Mm -hmm. be the mom, take care of the home. She was basically running the household. She was the household manager for the masculine role who was going out to a job, working 40, 50, 60 hours a week to bring home money to pay for the things that the family needed. The feminine role or the the female role or the role of the woman was to basically nurture and cook the food and make the meals and press the shirts and Mm -hmm. make sure that the children did good in school and take care of vacuuming and dishes and all that stuff while her husband was toiling away selling vacuums door to door, selling car, whatever he was doing, he was out there, you know, basically doing the masculine part of, of his job. Mm -hmm. And when the two were perfectly balanced, you had Warren and June Cleaver. Absolutely. Yeah. With, yeah. When they were perfectly balanced, right. (laughs) When they were perfectly balanced, that's what you had. Yes. And it worked. Yes. It worked. Now it worked because of that balance that was there. Mm -hmm. And it also worked because of the idealization of what the family should be. What the writers never told us was that June Cleaver probably woke up and drank vodka while she vacuumed. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And that Ward was fucking his secretary at the job. (laughs) Yeah. They never told us that. They didn't tell us that. Right. And they didn't tell us that, you know, Beaver had a stack of Playboys underneath his bed. They didn't tell us that shit. Right. (laughs) Right. So we didn't get that from the television show. So we thought that like, this is how my relationship and my life is supposed to be. And if my life isn't that I failed somehow. Right. So that ended up pushing us towards the first wave of feminism, right? which I'm all for the first wave of feminism. And at that time, the planet was in need of 
that feminist that feminist movement. Mm-hmm. It needed to have an overhaul of women becoming empowered and connected with their feminine nature and seeking to stand up for themselves and uh, bring more compassion. We're talking about the 60s during, yes. you know, the Vietnam War. There was more compassion for, you know, other countries and, and people. Women started speaking out and um, honoring their uh, their truth, whatever that was. I don't right. want to wear a bra. I don't want to be a mom. I'd, I'd rather have a job. And that first wave of feminism kind of brought in, you know, along with prior to that, you know, the women's right to vote, a woman's yes, right to right. work. Mm-hmm. You know, these things were very important to establish some autonomy right. and some uh, independence for women, separate and so that we could be seen as our own individuals and not extensions of our husbands. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that was very important. From there, feminism has taken a very swift and very deplorable slide yeah. into hell. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Okay, continue. Tell us why. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. this third wave of feminism that we are seeing right now is toxic mm-hmm. and it is detrimental for those safety and well-being of women, I think. And for me, in what I tell people is I'm not a feminist. Mm -hmm. A feminist seeks to be equal with men. I have no desire to be equal with a man. I am a female supremacist. I'm superior to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the reason that I say that is because I have gifts that are superior to a masculine and a masculine energy or a man. We are not equal. And we are deluding ourselves if we think we're equal. Now, equal does not necessarily mean the same thing as balanced. I, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So when I say we are not equal, what I mean is if you and I are in a burning building, neither one of us is going to call a feminist to come rescue us. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I am in a situation where somebody is going to attack me, I'm not going to call my mom. No. Right. I'm going to call my dad. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we are currently celebrating women who abandon their traditional feminine roles and want to be out here acting like men and talking like men and fucking like men mm-hmm. and then complaining that we can't find good men. Right. And we're celebrating these women. While at the same time, we are celebrating men that want to wear skirts and that want to, you know, use our bathrooms. And we're celebrating all these men that want to be, you know, appropriating all of these feminine characteristics. And we're demonizing these beer drinking, nut scratching, burping, old school masculine men that have been the backbone of our society and our infrastructure. So we're celebrating... The wrong thing, yeah, yeah. because we we are we are on a, a a quick trajectory to having an absolute demise of our empire and our society, and it's going to be probably very difficult to come back from. And the and I don't think that women should be at home barefoot and pregnant. I don't think that they should be demonized if they decide no. I want right. to be somebody's wife and mother of their children. I want to be home and barefoot and pregnant. Mm-hmm. I think that f- the whole point of feminism is that you should be able to choose right. the path that you want. Now, in choosing the path that you want to take, you also have to accept 
the consequences that come with those choices. So for example, here's another area where I say men and women just aren't equal. When women start talking about the pay gap and the wage gap, honestly, I don't think there is a wage gap because if you're a woman and you can do the exact same job that a man does Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the exact same uh, fervor that a man does it, then you should get paid. And most of the time you are being paid the same. But here's the thing. Women want to talk about, well, we don't get paid the same. We don't get this and blah, blah, blah. And I want to be CEO and CEO. Okay. Well, if you want to do a man's work, how come no, none of these women are lining up to unclog toilets? Mm-hmm. How come none right. of these women are lining up to dig ditches and build houses and pour asphalt? Yep. That's backbreaking fucking work. Yeah, exactly. Backbreaking work. And I don't see no bitches out there right. asking, it. can I do that work? <laughs> and will I get paid the same $15 an hour wage? Yeah. But at the same time, these women fail to realize that all of the things that you appreciate in your life are done at the hands of a man. Right. Right, which doesn't the roads you no go ahead go ahead the, the roads you drive on a man paved right. those absolutely the toilet you flushed a man came over and made sure that all your feminine products were pulled out of it so it didn't clog <laughs> yeah now there are going to be rare exceptions and I know several women I know a woman mechanic and she does a great job I know some women who work in construction mm-hmm. and I lecture to um, a lot of these uh, male dominated fields. Mm-hmm. And I talk to them about balancing the masculine and the feminine, because a lot of times what happens in workplace is as women, we are forced to go into our masculine energy in order to deal with masculine energy. And sometimes we have to be there in order to protect ourselves from being disrespected, taken advantage of. So it's necessary for us to be in our masculine energy sometimes. The problem comes when we don't know how to balance it or when to step back into our feminine energy. Right, right. The bigger problem is that society now has taught our young girls and it is making us believe that when we step into our feminine energy, we become weak. Weak. Absolutely. I mean, my personal experience, because architecture is a still a male-dominated industry, only Mm -hmm. 17% Mm -hmm. are women, which is really Mm -hmm. low. And I was surprised when I learned that, but I've known being in this male-dominated field that I can't just man up like like my male counterpart. It's not who I am. But I, I know that throughout it, it has never, ever cost me work or I don't get paid the same as another male architect. That has never been my issue. I, I agree with you. I think we're we're making women seem like victims, like, you know, and, and I don't believe yeah. that where I think we have a whole lot of power to create our own yeah. world and our own life. And And I think you're right, though, because as women kind of became a big force in the workplace. I think you're right though. We sometimes have to be a little stronger, bring up our masculine energy. And I think they're forgetting how to step back in to their feminine. And I I think that is, it just feels so disjointed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of that happening now. And, and I, I see the bigger, the bigger issues coming with, um, you know, in some of the gender protests, Mm -hmm that we have now a lot of my, I have a, a large clientele of trans women that have come to me in the past decade to learn how to be more feminine so mm. that they can present more like women so that they do give a more feminine presentation. Right. Um, and they tend to not be some of what we're seeing now. So it's interesting to me that you have a large group of people, not all, but a large group of people that are now 
claiming to want to be women mm-hmm. and reduce us to birthing persons. Oh, I know. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. uh, but at the same time, if you dare disagree with them on anything, what's the first thing they do? Oh, yeah. They, they default to their masculine trait of screaming at oh, you, antagonizing yes, yes. you, and being aggressive and assertive with you and beating you down, literally, yeah, right. in our own bathrooms, right. beating us down. So it's interesting to me that when you see them claiming to be women, if you don't agree with them, the first thing they do is default to being That's right. masculine yes, anyway. Yeah. And if we so, are feminine, it's not looked at. It's sort of like if we are the traditional role, even in part of our life, mm-hmm. that that is looked down upon. So we're, yeah. we're wanting. Well, I've, I've even heard some feminists say recently that like the trad wife, I don't know if you're familiar with the trad wife phenomenon. No. It's called traditional wife and it's, it's, a, it's shortened. It's a euphemism okay. for uh, mm-hmm. traditional wife. So if somebody wants to be a trad wife, she wants to be stay at home, cook, raise the children do the laundry, keep the house clean. Yes. I mean, a stay-at-home wife and a stay-at-home mother is an extremely demanding job. Absolutely. And it's an extremely important job. And the less we start to see those types of roles for women, the more we see teenagers out here doing raggedy shit. Yep. No, it's very true. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So when they say, oh, well, you're going to be this and you're making a women look bad and blah, blah, blah. If that's what a woman wants to do, that's her prerogative. And if she finds value in being a stay-at-home wife, mm-hmm. why not? Why not? Let her do that. If you don't want to do that, you go do something else. Right, right. But let her have what exactly. she wants to do. Right. And that's what I think the point of feminism is, is that I should be able to do whatever I want. Now, back to what I was saying earlier about there not being men and women not being equal. So here's the thing. We're never going to have equality between and women, between men and women, because that's not how we're designed. There is a balance between us. Right. So, for example, if my partner is in his masculine, his job is to provide, protect, pursue, and um, and and basically provide for me. Mm-hmm. My job is to nurture, heal, and inspire, so that hmm. he feels like he wants to continue to do that. Now, will our jobs be equal? No. But will our jobs be balanced? Yes. Yes. So to give you an example of this, if I'm walking down the street, now I'm also a firearms instructor, so I carry and I have weapons all over the place. <laughs> and usually it's very difficult for the men I date to realize another one. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. why not? And they're like, why do you need so many? I'm like, because I can't. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. for me, I go into my masculine energy quite a bit. I'm a very masculine energy dominant woman. And it's very hard to have a relationship with a masculine energy man if I'm always in my masculine energy. Right. Because then we just become two head, two yep. dudes, yep. button heads. Yep. It's not going to work. So in the beginning, when I was in my feminist uh, mind, and I was like, no, I'm going to be able to do this, and I'm not going to do what you say, and I don't care what you say, blah, 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 blah. It isn't about submitting to a man in the sense that he now tells me and dictates to me what I like, what I want to do, who I am. That's not what my submission is. And as a dominatrix, I know all about domination and submission. Mm -hmm. So if I'm now in a relationship with a man that I expect to be a man for me, because as a masculine energy woman, I want a masculine energy man. The sad part is, is that my energy doesn't allow for me to be a vibrational match to the energy that I'm wanting. 
Interesting. So I end up attracting feminine energy men. Mm -hmm. And when I get into relationships with feminine energy men, I'm exhausted (laughs) because I don't want to be the man in the relationship. It's exhausting. It is. Yes. That's really interesting. Yeah. If a man is going to be in the relationship with me, I have to submit my masculine energy. Right. So he can come forward with his. Right. And a lot of times men will be better at pleasing and pleasuring a woman, not just sexually or physically, but emotionally and intellectually, psychologically and mentally. They will be better at pleasing a woman if they are allowed to be in their masculine energy, because then when they reach out to do things that support their feminine energy, it only complements their masculine energy. Right. And that's where the balance is. I see. So Mm -hmm. if my husband works 40, 50, 60 hours a week and he's gone all day to make money Mm -hmm. so that when he comes home, I can buy a pretty outfit, some La Perla lingerie Mm -hmm. to further seduce or inspire him to go back to work the next day, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Then the next day he comes home and he's, here's my paycheck again. Good. I'm going to go buy groceries and food for the house and I'm going to cook beautiful meals. So while he's there working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and he comes home, I nurture, heal and inspire him from that tasking day right? by giving him a beautiful meal. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe I give him a sexy lap dance. Maybe we have some great sex. He wakes up the next day thinking about, wow, my woman <laughs> took care of me. Yeah. And now he's in, now he is inspired to go out there and pursue even more to bring home to me. Right. So if I try to say we need to be equal, that means I have to work 60 hours just like he has to work 60 hours. I don't want to do that. Right. Right. Who, that's a bad, I, that's a bad <laughs> plan for me. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I'll make you a fucking sandwich. And a lot of times, you know, guys will try to say things sometimes. Oh, whatever. Go make me a sandwich. I'm like, yeah, I have no problem making you a sandwich. In fact, I will make you a sandwich wearing the prettiest lacy lingerie and wearing the sexiest stiletto heels. (laughs) And I will bring you that sandwich and stroke your hair and hold your beer while you eat it. But guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to work 80 hours a week grinding myself to uh, dust so that I can afford the shit that goes in the sandwich. You're going to do that. I see. So now if we're looking at equality, now I have to be the one that matches his effort. I don't want to do that. I'd rather have balance. You work the 60, 80 hours a week to bring home the money and I'll spend it on making a home beautiful for us to enjoy together. Right, right. I am happy with that. Now I can also keep my side hustle And if I find a man who is, you know, secure enough within himself, I can probably still do my burlesque shows and things like that because those are things that I choose to do. They aren't things that I have to do. Right. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Wow. We've like unpacked a whole lot. This is so good. (laughs) Um, Okay. So then let me see what else I had to ask you before I before I end this because it's been amazing. Let's talk about for a second the. At the end of your class, you always say like a mantra that you have. Um, yeah. And then everybody kind of says it along, of course, as a new yeah. newbie in your class. I was like, what in the world? And what are they saying? So share. Yeah. And it's so good that just having taken several classes and I was like, okay, now yeah. I got it. Tell us where it came from. Why? What's that all about? Okay. So, um, 
When I first started teaching dance classes and fitness classes, I used to finish the class with a stretch as you know, mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. good classes do finish with a nice stretch. And at the end, I would just say, as always, we wrap one arm under one arm on top, give yourself a big hug. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of just, a, you know, a self-affirming or, you know, self-affection, you know, loving yourself. Right. Thank you, body, for going through this. You know, you, you really put your best in doing this, whatever class. We right, did, right, right. And when I started the studio, um, each year that I was open, I added another affirmation to ah, the list. okay. And so this year, I stopped adding to the list because it's long as fuck. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, but he, but here's here's what it is. It, yes, it starts ahead. off with, as always, one arm under, one arm on top. Give yourself a big hug. Blow yourself a kiss. Don't fuck for free. Fight the power. We grow younger every day. Things are always working out for me. I choose to experience the sweetness of today. I release the need to seek approval from anyone. I am the violet fire. I am the purity source desires. And I am the operant power in my reality. I love it so much. It's 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 everything. You know, it, it makes you feel strong, loved, taken care of yourself, all of it. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time you get through three or four classes, you have it memorized and you're doing it with it. (laughs) That's right. Now let's, so about your classes, um, I am sure that there are several women out there listening to this that are going, I want to try that. Um, tell them a little bit, kind of the types of classes and how they would go about finding you. Yeah. Um, so I teach all different kinds of classes from pole dancing, uh, belly dance, um, twerk, reggae, salsa, we have um, stripper heels and legs, shoe classes, the, the original slut strut and shoe class, um, and then aerial classes, s- stretch classes, Pilates classes, I call them naughty Pilates. Uh, there's all different kinds of classes, everything that you could possibly think of um, in the realm of adult dance fitness for women. Um, I teach those. So um, with my background being dance, fitness, and Pilates, a lot of it is centered around those types of modalities. Mm -hmm. And then it has other things in there. So like all of the other types of cultural dances that I do, um, Bollywood, belly dance, um, Latin, all all different kinds of things. There's, There's usually a core workout that goes along with the dance workout. And you can find those classes online at violetflamestudios.com. And um, yeah, there's tons of classes there. You can also just, you know, Google Nyla the High Pimpstress. And I think my website comes up and there's links to uh, the studio website. So, um, but yeah, that's how you can find us is violetflamestudios.com. And um, I think we have a special for your listeners. Yes. So this is the time, ladies, to to do it. So thank you for doing that. So what is the, is there a code for them? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. The code, if they sign up for any uh, dance class, is going to be CHIC, C-H-I-C, mm-hmm. five. Five. And Perfect. that gets them $5 off any class. Perfect. Wonderful. So, yep. yeah, I hope to see all of you ladies there. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's great. No, I love it. And then you also offer parties. Now, I think I'm going to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to put this out there to the listeners also, that 
tell us about the parties you do because I am going to host one later this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we do private parties. That's what I've been doing all day today. So a lot of them are like bridal, uh, bridal showers, birthday parties, bachelorette parties, divorce parties. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're reframing a divorce yeah. situation, um, uh, trying to help women get through, you know, getting out of a divorce. So we use them for that. Sometimes girls just do them as like a, a girl's night out and they are basically a base hour of, of, you know, whatever dance style you want. And then we have the champagne room. You can opt to add on the champagne room and bring in um, champagne or adult beverages. We can't legally provide you with alcohol, but you can, you know, add in any of those types of things you want. Um, And we provide all of your basic snacks and refreshments. And so you can just party and we turn the lights off and have a good time. And those classes are taught a little bit more relaxed than the fitness classes Mm -hmm. because they're done kind of with the intention that you're looking to just party and have a good time. Right. Right. They're not like, get out your whip. (laughs) Yeah. No, I do have that class too. Jesus. (laughs) Okay. I I do. I do have that class. I do have the whip class. That one's, that one is a a specialty workshop. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, that's good. Well, it has been amazing having you on. I I really, really appreciate it. I am hoping all you women out there, I know there's several that we've talked about it. Um, So I did do it. Come on, your turn. But I, yeah, yeah. you've been doing so good. I really liked it. Yep. I'm liking it. I, you know, it's just, it is, it's kind of freeing. You feel so much more free and, and, and the environment, everybody's so accepting, you know, you can not even get it. And nobody gives you that look. It's not like, like a full on, my daughter was in ballet and jazz forever. It's not like that. (laughs) It's not snooty. No, no. No. And, and, and it's a, it's a good, it's a good opportunity especially for adult women. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I think adult women really would benefit one, I, I call pole dancing the uh, fountain of youth. And I think that I am a personification of that because I'm like 97 years old. Yeah. Now you are. I think I look great. <laughs> you do. But what you it do. does for you is because pole dancing and exotic dancing, they are weight bearing exercises. So they increase the range of motion in your joints. They increase bone density because they are using uh, negative resistance and also because mm-hmm. it is weight-bearing exercise. So it is increasing bone density. Um, and they're also increasing flexibility as well as, you know, breath capacity, all this stuff. So it definitely does something to you that will keep you and the posture, just the posture yes. from what you've learned so far in your first three classes yep. with pole. It works those muscles in your back so that you're not getting that kyphotic posture that we usually see with, you know, very old with women, old yep. women mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they start to lose a lot of their spine structure and their posture. No, absolutely. That, that definitely helps. You definitely gain strength in a different way. Yeah. Um, so the the one class that I'm considering next, but I don't know, looked really hard. It, it's the one I watch right before my class would start, and that's the the twerk class. Holy the twerk, crap. yes! Holy, holy, that is. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I really don't believe I. I think I have an extra bone in my back, which doesn't allow that movement. So I guess yeah, I'm not even sure I could do it. But if I did it, would I get a better ass? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And my booty biomechanics program is all about teaching you. It's a five part series and it's about three and a half, almost four hours of material. And it covers all of the biomechanics of the muscles of the glutes Mm -hmm. and of the hips. And they're basically glute activation exercises. So it's going to alleviate back pain. It's going to alleviate tight hips. Um, It's going to help you identify the muscles in your hips so that you can get them to isolate. And then if you use those in conjunction with like a heavyweight squat workout, Mm -hmm. you're going to get better booty gains. And then in the, in the, 
long run, you end up learning how to twerk. <laughs> exactly. That's just the absolutely. added bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Very absolutely. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Nyla, for, for being here. And uh, it yeah, has been for having a me. pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate being invited on. Thank you. Thank you. 